Welcome to this MTech Access podcast. At MTech Access, we offer a complete global market access service from strategy through to implementation. In the UK, all our work is underpinned by authentic NHS insights. Our in-house experts work closely with a national network of associates who occupy strategic, operational and clinical roles within the NHS. Leaders in their field, their knowledge and experience helps MTech Access to be as close to the front line of care delivery as possible. Please subscribe to the podcast or follow our LinkedIn company page for more information. Welcome to the MTech Access Words of Wisdom webinar, uh, where each month we bring you the very latest insight from senior health and social care leaders. We'll be getting to grips with the evolving NHS, exploring the challenges our guests face, how they may respond to them, and what their priorities look like in the short, medium, and possibly even long term. Um, this is all about connecting you with the people leading the NHS. It's not just giving you our, our commentary from the outside. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Laura Angus, who is the interim lead pharmacist for the Humber Coast and Vale Integrated Care System. As one of the first in the country to be appointed to a role like this, Laura is right at the leading edge of the integrating care agenda. And today we'll be starting to get to grips with how the commissioning and delivery of medicines might work in the future NHS. I'll try to address as many of the questions submitted in advance as I can do. Um, if there are any more questions that you do have, send them to us after the event and we'll see if we can get back to you. Um, otherwise, sit back and enjoy and uh, hopefully we'll illuminate a bit more around the future of medicines. So, Laura, thank you. And uh, uh, yeah, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thank, um, you. thank you for having me. No, it's a pleasure. It's our pleasure all ours. So, um, very interesting role that you've you've just taken on. Uh, could you just give us a bit of an overview of what the role is, introduce yourself and, and just a bit of recent context about how you've got here, I suppose. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so hi, everybody. Um, so Tom's already said I'm Laura. I'm um, officially um, Head of Medicines Optimization at NHS Vale of York CCG. And I very recently, November time, was appointed as the interim lead uh, for Humber Coast and Vale ICS um, for, for pharmacy and medicines optimization. Um, just to um, do some caveats, um, I'll either um, not be able to answer a question because I genuinely don't know the answer, uh, which I'll say, or I will um, not be able to answer because of confidentiality reasons and things haven't been published, um, you know, wider at, at this point. Um, for the past two weeks, um, more, well, longer than that, but the past two weeks have been incredibly intense. It's all been about COVID vaccination. Um, so I'm kind of caught on the hoof. Um, I'm very happy to do this. Um, apologies, I had to cancel on Friday and I really appreciate um, the, the chance to do this today. Um, so, so yeah, so where, how did I get here? Um, we've had a Humber Coast and Vale pharmacy leadership group for about two to three years. So that's about all the um, leads for the system coming together. So the acute chiefs, um, the heads of medicines optimization, the mental health care trust uh, leads and community pharmacy, local pharmaceutical committee leads um, and others. And we all come together and we have done for two to three years. And we say, what can we do and what can we do across the system? What can we do once? Um, so that has been happening um, on a kind of informal basis and we've um, done quite a lot of stuff together which I can go to um, in a minute. And then when the um, IPMO guidance came out on the 17th of September, so that's Integrating Pharmacy and Medicines Optimization, that came out from um, Keith Ridge. Um, it, it kind of made it more formal because they'd had seven IPMO pilots across the country. And, and they'd gone very well. And then it became a thing that IPMO had to happen in each ICS. So that guidance came out and we were like, right, we need to progress this. And originally it had some quite tight, tight deadlines in it. So at first it was, we had to submit things by November, but because of COVID, um, all of that has been pushed back. Um, so we got together in, a bit, I'm going to say October, it's all a bit of a blur now. And the group decided um, internally that we needed um, a named lead um, because we, the language we use is that we're a ship without a rudder. So we needed a name lead and that name lead would be a point of contact for that pharmacy leadership group to link in with the other leads in the Humber Coast and Vale for other things 
um, linking with the regional chief pharmacist for um, pharmacist for Yorkshire and Humber, um, and just kind of hold the ring on everything, um, and and chair the meetings that we have. Be very clear that that our leadership model is a dispersed leadership model. Um, so you know everyone in that group, that um, leadership group, has a role and a, a part to play. So although I'm the named lead, it. it I don't hold everything I just try and pull it all together with the help of we've got PMO support and just kind of hold it all together and push things on um, so we wanted uh, a lead we said we wanted a lead so then we decided to go out for um, expressions of interest about who wanted to be the lead um, and that's how I became the, the lead so um, it's kind of a informal um you know put my hand up and off you go and um you know that journey started um yeah. so does that does that help does that answer that yeah absolutely thank you yeah just just starting to find out what you've got yourself in for i guess um you, you mentioned the seven pilots that have taken place could you just give us a very brief overview of the sorts of things that they looked at and, and also what your focuses as a leadership group have been over the over the recent months Okay, years. so um, the ITMO pilots looked at different things. I'm not going to um, say I know in detail what they all looked at, but uh, you know I know one of them looked at workforce in particular, so um, sharing workforce across sites. So if they had a vacancy, you know, instead of just like the CCG recruiting, for example, they would recruit across the system, so or or at a subsystem level maybe. So um, share it across a hospital um, and a, a CCG or a CCG and a PCN. Um, so that's that's been um, some sharing that they've done. Um, medicines optimization, for example. So we did a, a self care campaign, and you know instead of just doing that for the Vale of York, that was uh, shared um, from North Yorkshire to Vale of York, and then right up to the rest of the Humber CCGs. So um, you know all the the campaign, the marketing material was all the same, and we thought that would have um, more impact. If, if you you know everywhere you went you saw the same poster about um, self-care um, medicines waste as well so North Yorkshire and York um, did some stuff about medicines waste so only order what you need and um, getting the patients to take ownership for ordering their medicines as opposed to um, the pharmacies doing that on their behalf and again that was shared across Humber Coast and Vale um, we've discussed at length things like um, the, the DOACs, um, so guidance around DOACs um, as, as a whole group um, and sharing learning um, and uh, Avastin, for example, that's, you know, nothing actually has happened because of the Avastin situation, but we've, we've discussed it at length as a group, all of us come together. And then in recent weeks, um, it has all been about COVID vaccination and this group has been invaluable to me and I'm a bit gushy and a bit, um, you know, over enthusiastic, but they have been amazing. Um, I could not have survived the last two weeks without that leadership group and the people on, in that leadership group and they know who they are. Um, helping, advising, sharing knowledge, sharing best practice um, right across Cumber Coast and Vale and it's just been uh, fantastic and we wouldn't have had that if we didn't have the leadership group in place I wouldn't have known those people to phone them up and ask them um you know whatever at eight o'clock at night so um yeah. so yeah so there's quite a long list um and sorry if I'm you know if you want to jump in but the, I guess I think people originally thought it you know people who I guess non-pharmacy people thought you know oh great this is going to be another way to do um quip and and you know mm. quip at bigger scale and I'm just really clear that yes, Quip will be a part of it. It will be something that we look as a system, and you know, we we never want to waste any NHS resources, and we want to um, make sure we make best use of NHS resources. But there is so much more that these groups can do. So we will, when we um, get past this COVID uh, period, you know, medicine safety will be a huge element that we do. Um, uh, interface issues so you know when a patient goes from um, hospital care to primary care how do we make that better um, you know the, the the DOAC thing that that's going to always be on the agenda those big um, commissioning queries I guess um, yeah. and for formulary and commissioning so there's there's lots to do 
Um, yeah. and it's really exciting. Yeah, fantastic. And it, it's really coming through that it's that holistic piece around medicines. It's not just focusing on sort of the more transactional elements of this versus that or, yeah. or, or those formally based decisions. It's really here that the appropriate use of medicines, the value of medicines and, and, and the patient piece as well around how, how to get them doing the self-care piece as, as well. So it sounds like a fascinating role. You, you mentioned a bit there about the, the support from the leadership group. Could you just give us a bit of a flavour of what the, the ICS footprint looks like, uh, the, the organisations within it, and maybe what the relationships between the different pharmacy leaders or the different pharmacy contingents have been historically? Okay, so I'm going to get into trouble here because I'm going to forget people and then um, yeah, I'll be in trouble. So for, for Humber Coast and Vale, I, I can't list all the um, partners, the stakeholders that are part of Humber Coast and Vale, I will forget them all. But if I go through from a pharmacy point of view, so we have um, six CCGs um, in Humber Coast and Vale. Um, do you want me to list them or? Is that helpful? Uh, you don't need to list them. If you just give us a bit That's, of an overview and then yeah, people six, can go away. So six CCGs and then we've got the, the acute hospitals. So I'm, off the top of my head, we've got four acute hospitals. Um, we've got the mental health trusts. Um, so, um, for example, Tuve, they cover a huge, vast area. Um, uh, so they cover off, they will have to attend about three ICS meetings, I think, because of the geography that they sit in. Um, and then we've got social enterprise companies um, that are part of that. And as I said before, community pharmacy, um, LPC uh, representation. And then I've got, I've got a gap um, that I'm fully aware of and will address. I've got a bit of a gap for a PCN uh, link or GP practice based pharmacy. So as CCG pharmacists, we do closely link in with the PCNs, but I would like PCN attendance but that's quite hard because I believe off the top of my head we've got something like 96 PCNs across Humber Coast wow. and Vale um, so we need uh, don't quote me on that figure it's a lot um, so we need to uh, find a way for that representation so it's normally either the head of medicines med medicines optimization that attends from the CCGs and it's normally the chief pharmacists that attend and the LPC uh, chief executives um, yeah, okay. so yeah, so that's the kind of group that you're looking at. So there's a, there's a fair few of us and we dip in and out depending on what we're talking about because we don't all need to attend like yeah. um, the COVID vaccination stuff. It's as appropriate. You come and you join the meeting as needed. Yeah, and that is obviously a huge range of, of stakeholders and, and, and all the different uh, areas of prescribing, I suppose, that you could, you could imagine. Historically, what have those, uh, <laughs> again, share as much as you want to, but how close have relationships been amongst those different groups? How, how much conversation has there been around prescribing and medicines? So, so um, that's fine. I'm happy to share. So between um, like what I'd call the subsystem levels, the local systems, there's always been that sharing. So, you know, I've got fantastic relationships with the um, the chief uh, pharmacist, deputy chief pharmacist at York Hospital, for example, because that's my local system for Vale of York. We've always had those fantastic relationships. Same for North Yorkshire with theirs and then the Humber with theirs. I guess it's that massive footprint of, of Humber Coast and Vale. Um, whereas I, I wouldn't have had those relationships with, you know, the chief pharmacist at Hull, um, who has been an absolute star. I, you know, I wouldn't have known him. I've kn I knew his name, but I wouldn't have known him to phone him up. Um, and, and same for the other chief pharmacists. I think that um, the CCGs have always had close relationships because we share as, and then the chief pharmacists will have close relationships because they have shared traditionally as chiefs, they have a meeting and, and, and CCGs, we have a meeting. So those, you know, it's just linking all those dots together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you talk there about the well, I'm going to use the word place because it's the new lexicon, kind of the, the um, Vale of York, North Yorkshire, Humber, which in the new world would probably be viewed as place. And, and do you have those relationships at that level? I, I don't think that is place personally. Um, okay. I'm dope. Quote me on being an expert on the language of place, but it's, it, I'm a stickler for us getting the right description. I think place is smaller. Um, so, for example, City of York, I think, is what they're describing as place. But again, don't quote me. I'm not an expert. I think North Yorkshire and York would be described as a subsystem. Okay. Um, 
again don't quote me on that but that's the way that we're kind of getting it and what I've made really um, key and I'm guilty of it myself is that when we're talking about something just name the geography so we know yeah, we're on okay. the same page because if someone's talking about place then you think it's North Yorkshire and York and I think yeah. it's you know a smaller city of York it gets very confusing um, so that's just yeah I think subsystem <laughs> so sorry yeah, okay. what's your question no that's very useful context to get and I, th I think for our audience that's going to give them a you know a, another another variation on how they might view the world but I suppose the the thrust of the question was you've historically seen things in those geographies those subsystem those place levels um how will the ICS level sort of uh, do things differently what what would you do at an ICS level that maybe you wouldn't have done previously and, and vice versa Okay, um, so yeah, I think I've worked in North Yorkshire and York area since 2007. So that, that, that is what I know and I know how that works very, very well. I think that the Humber bit is a, a lesser known and not, not unknown, but a lesser known. So they have different priorities in terms of, of their populations and, 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 and different um, starting levels. So I guess we need to establish, you know, what what is a, a situation for all of us that we all would like to address and then do it would make sense. And, and we have started to do that. Hence the, you know, the manage repeat situation. That was something that we all wanted to do um, and needed to do. And that's that's the bit that's to come. So it's a case of what have we done to date that we want to carry on doing um, as Humber Coast and Vale level, what else on the list do we think we should do at Humber Coast and Vale, vale level, or what do we think actually this would sit better on a subsystem level or even smaller level? So, if I give you the example of of commissioning decisions, um, which I think your audience will be quite keen to know about, um, that you know at the moment that is felt that would be better at subsystem level so as a smaller geography than Humber Coast and Vale um, just to start off with um, because we just felt it was too vast um, at this time to do Humber Coast and Vale level if we can establish it well at subsystem level so I think in my head and this is not established and this is not official um, you know we can establish it at North Yorkshire and York level and they can establish it at Humber level then in time we could move to Humber Coast and Vale level if that was appropriate and that was you know the way it worked but so diff it's different it'll be decision by decision on how that is you know works um, but I can see that we're going to do a lot of things on the Coast and Vale level because that is the way the money's going to flow. Um, yeah. So, I'll give you an example of, um, you know, recent monies that have come to Humber Coast and Vale. So the Community Pharmacy Consultation Service, um, where the GP practice can refer to a community pharmacy for a patient that's got a minor ailment. That's a national service money to get that going is flowing to Humber Coast and Vale for us to use at Humber Coast and Vale level and so it's going to you know make sense that we do it across so I think the direction of travel that I'm understanding is the money will flow that way um, but it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be spent at Humber Coast and Vale level it might be that even just one a CCG at this point says actually we're ready to use that we can do that and they go ahead on behalf of the system and then share that, share that learning and cascade that on yeah, throughout okay. the system does that make sense yeah absolutely yeah and I, I guess you know we're, we're, we're having this conversation you know still ahead of the um in ahead of April when a lot of this stuff will start to be formalized and, and we appreciate there's a lot that you're still waiting to hear in, in, in your role as well um so that that sort of triaging I suppose of, of different things and figuring out what what level they might sit at would be fascinating to to sort of understand more about in time do you see ICS ICS's as having the freedom or the ability to provide new routes uh, to access for medicines don't know and that's a don't that's a don't know because I don't know um not because I can't comment because of confidentiality yeah. I honestly don't know I'm not we're not quite clear um, yeah. I still feel and this is just my speculation that it will be a mainly NHS England um, kind of model and then be cascaded out obviously we've always got our local 
um, basis for commissioning decisions as we do now. So if, if it's not a nice approved drug, then we decide locally if we would like to use it for the population. And, and that's based on what else is available. Um, you know, what else is that out there? What what are the pathways that that would involve? And that's a really key part about um, to get over about interface issues. Um, because it's not just the cost of the drug that we consider, it's the it's the you know the whole pathway, who's prescribing it, where does that cost sit? Um, is it right that it's prescribed there? And then how is it if it's a for example a red drug or an amber drug, you know, if, is it appropriate then to go to primary care for them to pick up? Um, I've lost my thread and I, I had a perch to ask the question again because I had a point to make. It, it, um, it was about the, the new uh, new routes to access for medicine. The new routes to access and that, so the other thing is just to say that we uh, the plan is that we will um, align very closely with the RMOCs um, yeah. so the regional medicines optimization committees um, so they've been very quiet recently and they've been very quiet recently because of covid and um, everyone's been very quiet if they're quiet it's because they're doing covid stuff um, so you know the same people who sit on armoc are very very heavily involved with covid so they're quiet at the moment but our understanding is we will link closely with the armoc um, and again those routes of um, for medicines to come in, we've got you know nice TAs, we've got local decisions, and we've got the RMOCs. Um, so I think yeah, okay. I feel it'll be similar to the way it is now, just on a bigger footprint. Yeah, okay. And and where do you see APCs, area prescribing committees, fitting into that? Would you have so, one so, for the for the ITS? No, no, no. So that's what I've just described about the. Um, the, the, what I said when I was talking about medicines commissioning decisions about one for North yeah. Yorkshire and York right, um, okay. is you know and it is not official it, that it's not been um, that hasn't happened yet but a kind yeah, of okay. vision that we'd go for North Yorkshire and York and Humber and then see how that goes so yeah, subsystem okay. levels so yeah. yeah okay and, and in terms of the work with the RMOX do you see that you'd be working sort of collaboratively with other ICSs so looking at the northeast or, or other parts of Yorkshire yeah um, we already do so um so the regional chief pharmacist she holds um in a Humber coast not Humber coast north east and York Humber footprint so there's four ICSs within that so we're all linked up through that and again um gushy COVID has brought us all together we've been having webinars um and it, with with the, the regional chief pharmacist so we've all got to know each other a bit better you know although be it virtually um and when all the guidance came out regarding ITMO on the 17th of September you know I reached out to uh, Northeastern Cumbria um as they were a pilot site and um and I will reach out to um, the, the other West Yorkshire. So, well, I have some um, West Yorkshire um, got good contacts there. So I'm more like, where are you up to? Where are you up to? What have you done? What have you done? And then there's a South Yorkshire and Bassett Law um, that started to make connections with not as fast as I'd like because of all this stuff that's been going on with COVID. Um, but yeah, so we'll all share the learning because it doesn't make any sense. We're all got the same overarching priorities. Um, we've all got the same kind of agenda to work to so let's share uh, you know what we've done what we've learned and I've, I've I've been in contact with the pilot site so Dorset I've been in contact with and the Wirral um, because they're ahead of us that you know they're two years ahead of us um, and they have you know learned some lessons they've had appointed leads in place for the past two years as part of the pilot site so I've been in contact and you know said tell me what you know and it, it's just worked really well so yeah okay and that, that's really interesting looking at those those parts of the world as well because you know a lot of our audience will be fully familiar with you know re reducing unwarranted variation and different approaches that the NHS takes to that in terms of the medicines piece um, and that sort of looking to other areas do you think there's a lot of transferable stuff when you're looking at you know you versus the Wirral or versus you know wherever it might be parts of London which are very different geographies do you still think there's there's common themes there and things that you'd look to for that from them? Yes definitely I mean there's, there's always going to be slight nuances based on the geography so for example like Dorset is a kind of um, I've forgotten the word the names they're all in the same place everything's on the same footprint mm. the words escape me it begins with C. Um, Coterminous. 
Thank you. <laughs> so they're all cut up. So they're slightly different footprint from us, um, a, a slightly different setup, but the overarching themes, as I've just said, are, are very similar. Um, you know, and then you've got Northeast um, and Cumbria, vast geography. Um, you know, that's a, a challenge in itself, that geography, but we'll still learn lessons with them and from them and share with them. Um, and, and the, you know, the same for, for, for London. So that, you know, you'll have to tweak it to your local geography, but I don't think there's going to be anything that's, um, you know, medicine safety is medicine safety wherever it's done in the country. Um, yeah. Unwarranted variation is unwarranted variation if it's unwarranted for you in your local area. Um, so, th you know, things don't change. And that's, you know, we were talking on a on a call, um, share this, you know, we were like, you know, you can, we're going to have a North Yorkshire and York um, subsystem if we aim for that area prescribing committee footprint. And then we were talking on the call, well, you know, why not Humber Coast and Vale? Well, then, and then it's like, well, why not regional? Well, why not national? Um, it's, it's, it, you know, the things that stop it from going that big is the, the people around the table, and um, yeah. you know, um, you, you, it gets too vast. Then you kind of lose that decision making. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, uh, we're that, we're working to the same principles. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really interesting because I know I've had a few conversations recently uh, about people concerned about returns to sort of postcode lotteries and that, you know, if every system is working completely independently and you might have, you know, Humber Coast and Vale thinks, you know, at the opposite end of the scale to, you know, so somewhere in London, North, North East London or something like that, and that you might go back to, to those days. Do you think there's any any danger of that? No. Um, she says very confidently. The reason I say no so confidently is because even now, you know, uh, uh, we are a York and Scarborough Medicines Commissioning Committee now. Even now, we look to all our neighbours um, to see where they're at, what they've done, um, and, you know, are we in line, are we anti kilter? So we look at all other formularies when we make our decisions. Um, you know, the way we make our decisions is on the public facing section of the website. You know, the, the paperwork that we ask um, to be completed, to be submitted to the area prescribing committee. Um, you know, that part of that is what's been done elsewhere. So we do that and I know that all the others do that too. So they're looking around their area and finding out what's being done and if, if you kind of take that as a rule then then we're all going to be looking at each other up and down the country so yeah. I think if there is what I call postcode variation it's, it that is because it's it's been developed for a local flavor for the need for that population which is what PCNs are about um, it you know allows that variation that's needed so that isn't unwarranted variation it's a variation that's needed um based on the on the demographics yeah absolutely yeah um i'm gonna i'm gonna ask a, a couple of questions probably in the wrong order so thinking about that and and sort of how you're how you're looking at things how do you imagine evaluating success of an ipm ipmo set up across a across a whole system so um i think i've said this to you before uh, data is king um uh, data is queen depending on what data is um <laughs> data is is really invaluable and and it's about um it's not just data alone it's triangulating all that success so data is a key factor and i say that because we are very rich with data for primary care and always have been for prescribing for primary care so um that tells us a lot about um you know what we're prescribing what we're spending items all of that and we can kind of benchmark ourselves against against others or ask those questions about okay we're higher on this why are we higher is that warranted is it not warranted so that's prescribing data that just tells us about spend and uh, we're starting to see that come through for the hospital sites which is really fantastic and I've forgotten the person who's leading on that but it's um it, that's quite fresh and that's quite you know really useful to to see the hospital sites um kind of data in the same way that we get the primary care data and then it's about triangulating that with the other data what I'd call more the soft intelligence data or the um what did we prevent so 
in pharmacy, we're quite keen on something called Rio interventions. So that's, you know, did that intervention prevent someone going into hospital? Did it prevent harm? Um, or what was the likelihood of that? So that's something we're not as familiar with measuring um, like standardly, but for let's say the the if you've heard about the medicines optimization and care homes program that started two years ago and I was the name lead for that that was Humber Coast and Vale, le Humber Coast and vale level and it had to be so medicines optimization care homes been carried carried out for two years and to me you can measure it in in several ways you can measure you know what drugs were stopped and you could um, get some savings from some what stopped that isn't really the you know the point of it the point is more about how many medicine reviews went happened how many occurred that wouldn't have occurred because they didn't have that pharmacist in place and then a key bit is the outcome of that review did it prevent someone from going into hospital or you know suffering something that they didn't need to suffer because they had that medication review so we need to pull all of that as kind of a, a, a benchmark for us and um, and how we're doing so there will be if we like the medicines optimization and care homes there's going to be a report when that finishes about how well that went what did it achieve um you know how much did we spend on it etc cetera, etc cetera. and we'll start to do that and i feel we'll have to start to do that with all our projects if we're going to do them humber coast and vale so you know what was the what was the aim uh, get some kpis um and i'm just keen on those um quality markers um being a real key player for this as opposed to you know how much money did you save and we we will save money and that is important to measure um but in addition to the other stuff and then triangulate that against the the differences it makes to people and yeah. um we've done that with the optimization in care homes the feedback we've had from patients about that service that's the stuff that puts a big smile on your face and thinks you know you're doing a good job so yeah absolutely that's why you why you go to work in the morning isn't it um and, and just pick up on that so last time we spoke um a couple of the priorities that you sort of uh, mentioned were that bit around well there's workforce which we'll come back to in, in a minute <coughs> space. the other bit was around kind of changing some of the conversations around medicines and just picking up on what you were saying just there do you think there's an opportunity now to really change the perception of the value of medicines and and really how people think about medicines as a component of care i really really hope so um so i'm just gonna put this out on a recording so the the biggest nhs spend is workforce and then the second biggest spend i believe is medicines so medicine's pretty important to the nhs and then your um pharmacy workforce is a third largest professional workforce in the nhs so i'm um, absolute champion that you know pharmacies are the best place people to handle all of this to do with medicines and i really want to open those conversations about this isn't just about money and this isn't um you know just about quick savings we can do so much more and um you know talking about the medicine safety um the quality side just improving that whole experience and measuring that um yeah i'm pretty passionate about that um and, and I, yeah. I want to get that over and i think if i bring that passion and i've got that kind of mandate as the named interim lead i can have those conversations so for example humber coast and vale have asked me to speak to their clinical i'm, I'm part of a clinical professional group um again that's happened because i'm the interim lead and they've said can you come and talk to us about you know the role and how you see this happening so that's my audience um to get this over um you know when that happens in the, hopefully in the new year i'll get over about you know this is the 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 breadth and depth of what we do and i think i said to you last time we spoke that i've written a 40 page document uh, about what we do as as pharmacy and um it's you know quip is a couple of pages in there the rest yeah, yeah. is um you know it's quite a lot yeah so so thinking about the other members of that clinical uh clinical leadership group if they read your paper how much of that do you think they would recognize from your sort of historic conversations with i, I think they'd recognize all of it but i think they 
probably just hadn't appreciated that it all what sits with us directly um so i think they would recognize it all but i think it would be like a quite illuminating uh, well hopefully of, of oh, actually that all sits with us and why that sits with us um so and, and there will be you know new things in there that they they, they may not have known about or or um you know unaware and that's that paper actually is just from a medicines management point of view. So a CCG perspective, you know, if I add in what the acute chiefs do, what the LPC do, what the PCNs do, you know, is that that's going to be a hundred plus? I think that document. Um, mm. You know, there's a there's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, I'm just thinking again about this this value of medicines message and trying to sort of articulate that across a system. How might you? actually obviously you've got your you know your your leadership groups that you speak with but in terms of trying to communicate with your 96 pcns around let's use medicines in 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 different ways or in better ways or however you want to char characterize it what kind of mechanisms might you use for communicating that so if we take the pcns for example so i can speak for the vale of york um in that we have a um GP practice of primary care pharmacist forum um, where we speak to them uh, used to be face to face in those wonderful days we'd all get around a room and um, and now we do it virtually and it's a bit of it's a like let's get together let's all meet each other because you're all frantically beavering away in your in your practices working really hard kind of um, heads down let's share what we know let's share top tips we'll do a bit of education session um, and we'll run through you know any new updates so we've got that point of contact and I know that happens in North Yorkshire too and I'm pretty sure it'll happen in the in the Humber sites as well so what I would like to move to is how can we then get a key contact from each at the moment we're CCGs um, each contact that feeds into the leadership group so we don't drop anything we don't miss anything and we have a cascade system so I'll be you know I'm seeking to they don't know this yet I'm seeking to look to um, you know kind of recruit some named PCN leads that can cascade messages from the leadership team down to the PCNs and the, the best bit is the real beauty is that our people on the ground the PCN pharmacists the GP practice pharmacists the community pharmacists the people who work in the hospitals they are the people will know how to improve things on a practical mm. level and they will have the ideas to say well if we did this this would make a difference to day-to-day -day li life and this would make a difference to the value that we get out of medicines um, you know we see waste through this and we see you know inappropriate prescribing through this so they will feed in those ideas through those forums cascade that back up come up with a plan cascade mm. back down and I think that will make a massive difference because it is the people doing the do that help us um, and, and we, you know why fix it once for one site if it's if it's happening in one site it's probably happening more than one site so like now with the COVID vaccination stuff if I get a good idea then I'm just pinging it out and sharing it um, you know across the system because there's no point somebody sat there trying to fix trying to fix a problem on their own when mm. we can share that learning yeah fantastic and, and i'm again you know you've articulated it really well there and, and you articulated it at the beginning that this is is really about that dispersed leadership it's not about an ics agenda and saying to everyone do this do that it's about okay we, we we've got resource we've got forums to facilitate change everyone come with your ideas and, and we'll work collectively to to improve them is that is, is that a fair way to summarise it. Yeah, it is. And I would like to elaborate on that dispersed leadership model. So that's thanks for kind of raising that. So the idea is that um, go, go back to I'm the name lead, um, but then we have a dispersed leadership model. So we're not there yet because of um, uh, COVID. Sorry, it just feels like <laughs> it's just a full way to say. Yeah, in doubt, blame COVID. Um, we, we just before this all kind of went crazy again we were looking for named leads for each area so someone to take the lead for workforce which actually was going to be me by um, the fact that I'd been doing it for the past two years um, someone to take the lead for um, medicine safety someone to take the lead for a big agenda um, is it digital so pharmacy and digital is huge um, and you know someone to 
take the lead for it. By taking the lead, and this is what I said to the group, you are not signing your name in blood that you will do everything and anything regarding, you know, digital or, um, you know, workforce. You're just being the point of contact again for that. And then you get up, a, a, like I set up a, a subgroup or a, um, a working group, whatever you want to call it. Um, to move those issues forward and there's, there's a whole collective of people under that so it's you know that one name lead can't do all of this they can't do it um, across Umber Coast and Vale because the geography is so vast they can't do it because they've got their day job to do so just to reiterate that we're all doing this on top of our day jobs um, so they're a chief pharmacist of a hospital and they're the named lead for you know whatever um, biosimilars for example in hospital would be appropriate so they'll have a group supporting them and they're just moving things forward and then feeding it back to the ICS leadership group and then we feed it back and I should um, this is a Humber Coast and Vale specific um, setup at the time we feed into the elective care group um, so we would feed our progress um, results you know into the elective care group um, so that we've you know again it's so it's about going up and down that kind of chain yeah. that dispersed yeah. leadership model is really important because no one person can do all of this for um humber coast and vale yeah i think last time we spoke you, you sort of said that you need to say to colleagues that we are the system the system won't do it because we are the system that sort of thing and there's yes. this yeah, so that, yeah thanks for yeah, that's, uh, thank you for raising my, I didn't say this, someone else said this, but I loved it in okay. that, yeah. you know, sometimes we sit in meetings and people are like, oh, well, you know, the system can do that. And it's about, yeah, exactly what you've just said. You know, we are the system. There's no magic people. Um, there's no Christmas elves beavering away going to do this for us. So we have to do it and we have to put our hands up and say, you know, we want this. And I, you know, I see it. I you know, I want us to drive it, you know, we're the experts. And so mm. I'd rather we drive it um, as a leadership group than have someone come in and tell us what they think mm. we should do. We know our system best. Um, so yeah, that's a, yeah, I, I do like that. I think it's really important to, to recognise that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, just just following on in the workforce, but I was just wondering if there's anything else that you wanted to expand on, on um, sort of your, your priorities around, you know, the yeah. future of the workforce. Yeah, so um, I think you said to me uh, last time we chatted about, you know, what would be my one priority if I could pick anything and I uh, threw you a curveball and said workforce. I think that's, you know, really key for us. So pharmacy workforce is, um, you know, it's a di distinct workforce, pharmacists or pharmacy technicians. Um, and what we have seen over the past few years um, in um, where I work, so Vale of York, I can't speak for the whole of Cumber Coast and Vale, but I believe this to be true, is that people are just moving around the system. So they, you know, work for a hospital and then they get a job with a PCN and then they may move from a PCN to a CCG or they move back to the hospital or they work in community pharmacy and they move to a PCN or a hospital. So it's the same people. We don't have a um, higher education um, university in the area that does um, does that that turns out pharmacists so we have to really protect that workforce it's quite key so we feel that if we work together um, on workforce and share workforce you know we can maximize um, you know the workforce that we've got we want to make it an attractive place for people to come because they want to work in Humber Coast and Vale um, so I think that's really key and I think that is probably something that you know in my head will be done on a subsystem level about sharing workforce so um, I think the Wirral they they set up um, work passports so you can easily go from one site to another and that's there's a lot to do there but I really like that idea and I think sharing that workforce across um, organizations taking away those organizational barriers again you're going to get really true system working so for the mock schemes for the medicines optimization and care homes we had uh, people who worked in the trust a few days a week and then they'd go into pcns and do the medicines optimization stuff so they were seeing the problems from both sides of the coin so secondary care primary care and that you know that's invaluable to helping us resolve the problems um so yeah workforce is really important and you know just again about getting that 
bringing people in and bringing them with us um you know there's yeah. no point in a in a ICS leadership group um sat in a imaginary ivory tower not that we are but you know coming up with a load of plans if we don't get the people on the ground involved the people who are delivering this day to day yeah absolutely and that, like you say it was it felt like a bit of a curveball when you said workforce would be your number one priority but actually listening to you talking about it getting that new approach to workforce or a more more uh, responsive adaptable approach to workforce supports so many of the other objectives that, that you'd have a system doesn't it so um yeah that that's that's fantastic to hear um you touched briefly on digital as well as being a big enabler for pharmacy could you just expand a bit on that yes um so i am no digital guru um so just a bit of a caveat there but there, there's a lot of stuff happening with digital um so for example um electronic prescribing so um you know completely losing paper from a, a gp to prescribe sends it electronic electronically to the pharmacy no bits of paper flying around um we have some sites that still haven't enabled eps as it's called um so we need to you know work on that and get us all up to speed with um electronic prescribing and then move into electronic repeat dispensing so um where a patient receives what we call like a batch of their prescriptions they're sent to the community pharmacy and then the community pharmacy kind of release them to the patient every month when they're needed so the patient never has to go back to the g well not it, they don't have to go back to the gp practice for example for like 12 months um so that just frees up capacity resource in gp practices um, and the patient can just deal with the community pharmacy to get their repeat medicines and the pharmacies have you know got those skills and knowledge to do that um we've seen through covid um times about the introduction of AccuRx or AccuRx I think it's called so um community pharmacies have been utilizing that across um Humber Coast and Vale to do um face to face face consultations on a virtual basis with patients which is fantastic you've got all the chief um hospital sites sorry moving to electronic prescribing within the hospitals um and that and that wave and that's a national like rollout and then the next step we want to see um and again it's just maybe ambitious and we're, we're like working it through now is you know let's do away with um ttos and um treatment advice notes whether you go to see a consultant in secondary care and they say you need drug x and then they write to your gp and the gp you know there's a time delay and then the gp has to prescribe it we would like to see that the consultant can just prescribe it there and then electronically and that goes into the patient's notes um it's just a slicker system for the patient and it's a slicker um it's a safer system for the patient because there's just one record um so that's that's ambitious um but that's something that we you know we want to work on um mm -hmm. And there'll be so much of the digital stuff that I've just left out that people will be screaming at me going, why didn't you say about this? Um, but, you know, there's lots, you know, it, digital in my mind makes things safer um, and can make things safer. So any opportunity and digital is a, I think it will be a national agenda, but it's also where I should stress for Humber Coast and Vale, we have um clear overarching things for the whole of Humber Coast and Vale not specific to medicines and digital is one of them you know mental health is another cancer is another so we are feeding into those um strategies as you know and digital is is one that's on the agenda for all of us yeah and that, that's a really interesting point there as well because we've talked a lot about integrating pharmacy almost in a horizontal vertigration integration way of uh, all the different parts of pharmacy coming together actually as you say in the in the future of integrated care it's everyone involved in health and social care isn't it so how do you integrate pharmacy with care homes with hospitals with you know voluntary sector you know potentially down the line and, and that you know presents all sorts of challenges and i guess digital is is a huge enabler because it's kind of something that that people have mutual access to is that is that part of the driver behind it yeah definitely and it's you know just look at us now um you know that that was another thing so humber coast and vale our pharmacy leadership group um we used to meet in we would alternate it between hull and york so you know i'm based in york so then i would drive over to hull 
you know and drive back so that's two hours of my life wasted we can just do it all virtually so loving the digital we can do this now um, because of the digital and then the area prescribing committees um, you know we've met digitally since March and again it's just fantastic that we you know we don't need to all come together in a room and, and talking about get making it um, expanding it so North Yorkshire and York that was a challenge because you're asking people to drive from York um, you know to Harrogate for example or Harrogate to York and these are um, busy busy people that you know we don't really want to waste two hours of their life in the car and we don't have yeah. to do that now because of, of digital side and that what you've just said reminded me there's there's integrating pharmacy and medicines optimization within pharmacy so you know, acute trust to PCN to CCG to mental health um, and community pharmacy, all the specialists in between. What you've just said is quite right. Is this is about integrating pharmacy into all those other places that you just mentioned. Um, and I think digital is a huge enabler. And you know, I don't know the ins and outs of how that will happen, but I know that it's on the on the table. We have a digital strategy for Humber Coast and Vale, and I want us to be part of that strategy and pharmacy to have a like you know some very clear lines in there about how we will use digital to enable us to work better together. Yeah, absolutely, a very exciting place to be, no doubt. Um, I, I know you've got to sh leave us uh, a few minutes early to, to get up to another COVID site. So there's a couple more questions that. Um, that I'd like to finish off with. One was a, a fairly specific one that I know is going to be interesting for our audience is around, and, and we touched on it briefly earlier, but uh, the move potentially of specialised commissioning and high cost drugs from a national level down to ICS level. Have you, have you had any visibility yet on how that might work? What, what additional delegation you might get, etc.? Mm, I'm going to say no because I don't know. I again I can only speculate I don't think like that specialist side will change um you know I think it will it will it will be my understanding um I may get told off or corrected for, for not understanding this correctly but you know we're CCGs now when that specialist function comes to us as CCGs my understanding is from April 2022 and um, we're looking at you know effectively one large Humber Coast and Vale CCG but it won't be called a CCG and I think and or feel uh, whatever language you want to use is that that specialist will it will be the same but it will come to us as, as a Humber Coast and Vale footprint as opposed to a Vale of York footprint but I, d I don't know the answer to that and I haven't seen anything so just to kind of stress that you know this came out on the 17th of September when things around Covid were you know they weren't quiet but they were quieter and then ever since you know the national team the regional team anyone involved really in pharmacy has been kind of diverted to step up to do the covid vaccination stuff um, and quite rightly so and um so you know we've we've got a bit of a delay on uh, all that information i think yeah absolutely yeah and i think that's you know a lot of the conversations we're having at the moment there's there's always that caveat that we don't know quite yet, which I, I suppose from your perspective makes going into April trying to do this job incredibly difficult without knowing kind of the the parameters that you're you're working within. It, 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 what things at the moment do you have clarity on, I suppose? Um. Hmm. I guess I, I'm not I'm not anxious. I don't have clarity because, you know, I I don't have any time to do it anyway. I'm, you know, yeah, it's yeah. just purely COVID vaccination. Um, you know, so I'm not too concerned. And I know that when things calm down, then the clarity will come. And I think we're already, as I've said, we've been doing this for two to three years. Um, so I believe you know, when the time comes, we need to kind of submit an overarching executive summary uh, about, you know, specific to Humber Coast and Vale about what we want, want this leadership to, to look like. I believe that we um, need to seek to appoint an official um, lead pharmacist or chief pharmacist. I'm not sure what their title will be for each ICS. So Humber Coast and Vale, that was planned for April 2021 to do that. Don't know if that's been pushed back and then we have to establish uh, what are our priorities and that will be a case of um doing a bit of scoping of you know what have we already done what do we think we can push further 
um, what isn't a priority for us. So I'll give you an example. So they gave us like a, a list, um, which I'm afraid I can't share with you, but the list, um, you know, there's nothing, uh, you know, blow your mind in there. It's it's medicines optimization, um, it's, it's medicine safety, it's biosimilars, it's digital, it's mental health. Um, but one of the lines in there is genomics. Um, I'm not in a place right now to say that we're going to have a strategy to do genomic medicine um, soon, but we will, you know, in future. But that would be one of the things we'll probably kind of park for now yeah. as a Humber Coast and Vale. Um, other areas may go sooner with that, but we, we you know, probably park that and go, well, no, we could do this, this and this, and we could do that now, um, or we've already done it and we could build on it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so we've got to submit a, a, a rough plan. And as I said, the deadlines for that were November, um, but they've all been pushed back and we haven't had a, another date of when we have to do that. And we have been told um, that, you know, uh, the leadership, the IP, IPMO um, is COVID vaccination and that makes perfect sense and it's perfectly yeah, yeah. legitimate that that's yeah. the response. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Just just one final question. Um, what role do you think the pharmaceutical industry could play in supporting the future medicines landscape? OK, thank you. Um, so I said to you on a call and I'm very happy to repeat this and, and be honest, I, I think we need to establish that. Um, I don't know the answer, but what I do know is that it needs to be really fair and open and transparent and that is key because we need to avoid any risk of conflict of interest um, and that is the problem uh, that we all face so people get fearful um, um, you know and this isn't I'm not being offensive to to, to to pharma colleagues but we don't know if we don't know what's been discussed we get a little bit anxious about what may have been discussed so I think pharma could play a really key role in those relationships because they've probably got fantastic knowledge about, you know, how we could do things. They've got the data. They've got a, a different skill set, actually, that they could bring to the table. But it needs to be done in a really clear, open, um, transparent way, in a managed way so that we have allowed all our partners to, you know, access the system, let's call it, you know, fairly. Um, so it, let's just take DOAX, for example. You know, if we, we talk to one manufacturer um, about the way things be, could be done, we've got to uh, talk to the three other manufacturers about how things could be done and allow that, you know, to, to be, I'll just keep repeating the word open and transparent. Um, so, you know, pharma will know, you know, what they can offer us. Um, you know, they'll they'll be able to say and spell out what they can offer us. And I think we are open to hear that. We just need to kind of set up those governance processes. Yeah. processes. So I'd seek advice um, and get the system to seek advice about how we could do that. Um, but, you know, I think I said to you at the moment, it's tricky um, mm. because our heads aren't in the right space because of, of COVID. And if if I get an email sent to me, um, kind of, you know, it, it's easier for me to politely decline, and I, I'll requote that as I said to you, because if I, I speak to one or engage with one person, I may have to make sure I then engage with everybody to make it fair. Um, and I'm just going to put a, a kind of caveat in here about um, I'm the chair of the Medicines Commissioning Committee um, for um, Scarborough and, and York. Um, and as that role, I make it absolutely clear that I do not want to see anything about rebates. Um, so never, ever send me anything about rebates because um, I don't want that to be clouded in my decision making. I make decisions or no, we make decisions based on, you know, is it the right drug for the right patient at the right time? Um, yeah. Not on a, on a discount. So just to put that in there with a slightly different hat on. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, I think that needs further kind of working through and we're open to that or I'm open to that to, to do that working through about how we can build those relationships. And I think yeah. other ICSs will be this, in similar positions. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much, Laura. I think we, we've just uh, 
nearly hit one o'clock and I know you've got to, to run out the door. So thank you very much again. Um, yeah, very chaotic time for you. So we really appreciate that today. Oh, no. uh, we're, we're, we're obviously all still learning uh, about everything that's going on. So for you, our audience, um, if there's anything that, that you want to get more clarity on, feel free to get in touch with us. Um, via NHS Insights at mtechaccess.co.uk. Follow us on our, our LinkedIn page, NHS Whispers as well, and we'll, we'll be posting stuff on there as we know it. Um, we're back on January the 29th with Brent Kilmurray, who's the Chief Executive of Tees Esk and Weir Valley's NHS Trust to get a beyond mental health in the new NHS, particularly in, in light of everything going on with COVID. So in the meantime, Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, see you in the new year. Thank you very much. Thank for you. Thank you us. for having me, Tom. Thanks, Laura. Bye -bye. Merry Christmas. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please do subscribe for future episodes. If you'd like to find out more about our work with the NHS or how we can support your market access strategy, please email info at mtechaccess.co.uk.